This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. The Tom Bernard Morning Show. Streamed every morning on the Tom Bernard Show app and anytime on demand wherever you get your podcasts. A Minnesota state senator found internet fame, reluctantly apparently, after casting his vote in a Zoom meeting Monday while shirtless in front of an apt background. Who was that little kid behind him? It's a schoolhouse rock. Uh, oh, Bill sure. becomes a law yeah, there picture. You go. There you go. Um, Senator Calvin Barr, a Republican who uh, went uh, to sound his vote on the Legislative Audit Commission when he appeared lying in bed with his shirt off and a still image of an anthropomorphic Bill character from Schoolhouse Rock as the background. Yes, it's right there. After giving yes vote, he quickly turns the camera upwards and turns off the video, so it's a black screen that just shows Senator Carl or Cal Barr, uh, several people in an in-person meeting room are seen smiling in the background after the camera switches back. A GOP Senate spokesperson, spokeswoman actually, said Barr had worked until 4.45 in the morning at his job as a truck driver and then went to bed Monday morning. She said he would not comment on the vote or the video. So it's none of your damn business that he was topless the whole time he was voting. It is a good picture, though. We should reach out to Calvin Barr. Calvin, you're looking good, man. Yeah. Although he's got a look in his face like, why are you bothering me? Um, yeah, I can't imagine being that lackadaisical about that. You jump on without a shirt. But, you know, if he's tired, he's tired. <laughs> right? I mean, <laughs> I don't know why I had us to do with putting a shirt on. No, I honestly got this. Like I said, that's why we're kind of reconstructing things. And I literally, from running around the country doing things here, there, and the other thing, and then getting the show up and running and blah, blah, blah. Because there's a lot of things to battle whenever you do something new. Um, and Hopper's been great about it. There have been very, very few things that, that I've had to work on with them. But everybody else, you know, well, yeah, you guys have been down this road. You've been, you know, fired from other jobs or left to go someplace else. And we're surprised by the way you were treated by some people you worked with that you thought you were really good friends with. You've been through that, haven't you? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just kind of natural you float away, especially when your main reason you guys were seeing each other every day was work. You know, and then there's people like my friend Allie. Like, well, you'll, we were friends. Yeah. Uh, and we'll be friends forever. And she'll be here next week. Allie. Oh, she's coming in next week? Yeah. Where's she living now? Chicago? Chicago, yeah. So, she's yeah. coming in town, and so she's going to jump on our show next week on Thursday. So oh, anybody... I don't think so. I think you she's s- out of the mix. You said she no, could. I don't remember saying that. I waited until you were in a good mood and a little tired. You had I'm... to wait a long time for that. I played the long game, and I finally got you at the perfect time, and I was like, yes. It all works out in the end. No, she's very, I have not seen her in years. I know. She's so excited. And she never talked to me even when I did see her. You she, are so dramatic. She, she like, would never talk to me. It's so funny because she, in her mind, you guys were like so good. No, we were fine. There was no, not a yeah. problem. It's just we never talked. No, of course not though. Because they, their shows were at the same time ours was. I suppose. So I got the hell out. Although I didn't go in the building for 25 years. That might have something to do with it. She still remembers when you came in during her birthday and we all sang happy birthday and you kept going, hap, hap, hap. You know who did that to me first? Nick Swardson. Nick Swardson. It was my birthday and he sat there the whole damn time going, hap, 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 Yeah, thanks a lot, Nick. When's Nick coming to town? I haven't heard his name pop up at all. When the hell is he coming back? I don't know, but I would 
love to meet him. I've never met him in person, only on the Nick. phone. Nick is a great guy. You, really, I told really you that guy. I loved him. I was in my 20s and madly in love with him, and you called him up and made me talk to him on the phone, on your phone, and it was... I was a wreck. Nick is a good man. Why don't we reach out and have him on? You could, you could, we could talk to him on the on the show, and then you have him come to town. I would, I would be actually we like shy, I, and not because like shy. I still have a crush on him, but I would be like, I would have to do that thing where you try to be normal because I loved Nick Swartzen. I oh, loved, he's a great guy, really good. Guy. You, you could, worked with him. Rudy, you worked with, with Nick? I've never, never worked with him. No. Really? No, no. Well, I suppose he's been gone from the market for a long time, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a hell of a guy, no question about it. My kids just love the guy, Catherine, and he get along really. Yeah, he's a great friend to the family and his family, his sister, brother, mom, terrific people, really, really nice people. So, yeah, uh, matter of fact, I'll call him today and see if we, you want me to book him? Or uh, why don't you suggest a time to me that, that and I'll see if you can Anytime, anytime. Like, I want oh, yeah, I'll get Jack to you a time. I'll call him right now. Anytime. Whatever. Anytime we'll make it work. Because no matter where he is, he's not awake because it's only 9.05 here, which means in general he's in L.A., which means it's 7.05, and there ain't no way Nick Swartz is up at 7.05 in the morning. Respect. Not happening. I respect that. I suppose. No, but we'll set that up for you. you really, you want? We can go out and have lunch afterward, too, if you want. Shut your dumb mouth. Shut my dumb mouth. That's how it's going to go. Can we just talk? I'm, I, like, would die. I would. I don't even know if I could do lunch because I would sit there pretending to eat and, like, letting it fall out of my mouth. Judd, is there one person that you've never met you'd love to meet? That's a really good question at this point. Um, years ago, probably, yes. Now, you, you know, it would about. probably be, like, a musician or an actor. Yeah. It definitely wouldn't be in sports. One, once you right. work... In the business, yep. right? It's all yep. gone. Um, I think the most in- interesting person I could meet is I, I actually grew up a huge replacements fan. So probably oh, Paul sure. Westerberg, who lives around here, but he'd be an interesting guy on the right day to talk to. I got a connection for you. Do you? I do. So let me know. If you guys will set it up, I bet I can make it happen. Yeah. He'd be an interesting cat to talk to. Mm-hmm. You know, I sure. don't think I could pick him out of a lineup. I really don't think I don't think I'd recognize him on the street anymore. I haven't seen him in years. You might not now. No, <laughs> me too. At this point in time, yeah, you're right. Yeah, no. Uh, you know, he's not like a Brian uh, Setzer. It's not like a guy that has that look. You know, yeah, Brian does have that. You're right. He does have that. Yeah, look. Yeah, you can see him when he's eighty, and you're like, you're Brian Setzer for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> God, we had him in studio at the Q a few years ago, and the whole time he looked at me like, "What in the hell is your deal?" He did. He had this look in his eye the whole time. It was kind of funny, actually. He didn't have oh, a lot I, of patience for Uncle Tommy, I think, So I, and nor did I give a rat's ass, but it all worked. He's a very nice guy, from what I can remember. He's a really decent guy. Yeah, you why know, would you not have patience for, for you? Judd, honest to God, I, I am just that kind of person. I know you started laughing, but there is nobody that I would try to impress. Like, who gives a rat's ass? Whether I'm not going to impress you. Who cares? First of all, I couldn't. And secondly, why even try then, right? That stops, Tom, what, around 40 at the latest, I think? Probably. That's probably right. Like, you just don't care anymore. I don't care about that kind of stuff. I've, been, I've met every person I've ever won. Like I said, uh, that one period, and everybody criticizes me for this, too, because one of my favorite people I ever met was Jane Fonda. And she came into studio a couple of times and sat there and did a show and all the rest of it. And she can be very political, and I know she's very, very liberal and all the rest of it. 
and some people don't like that. But she is one of the sweetest people I have ever met in my entire life. She's got her opinions, don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but you can look in her eye and see the damage that her father did to her. There, you can see it really easily. He really? treated her like dirt. It's unfortunate. It's too bad old Henry was a massive pain in the ass from understand. And then Peter Falk, the other guy. I loved Peter Falk as a kid. Oh my God, I love that. Oh movie. yeah, now now you're talking. <laughs> now you're Peter talking. Falk. Oh my God, yes, he was, I am so with you. Oh, he was so great. I, I you know, he he just was one of those very very nice people. I've met very very few. Rich Hall was about the only major prick I've ever had in studio. He sat there and read the newspaper. Wouldn't talk on a radio show. Where does Rich Hall get off being? I don't damn? know. <laughs> See, Rich Hall's not, you're not, dude, you're famous, but you ain't famous enough to pull that stunt. No, God, no. Like, like that's the type of thing, personally, now, that drives me crazy. Because I'm now at the point where if you pull that stunt, I'm like, dude, you're not famous enough to pull that. Yeah, no question about it. And the people who are famous enough wouldn't pull that. Correct, because they're smarter than that. Yeah, they're smarter than that. They're very, very good people. Now, that's one thing about being in this business. Uh, people always ask me, is there somebody you've always wanted to meet? And it had to be somebody who had died a long time ago, because in this business, I've met just about, in 52 years, you're going to meet everybody, you know? I mean, <laughs> yeah. you just are. There's no question about that. It just, it's a weird life, because it's very, very public. And again, the show we were just talking about, it had a 30 share. It was the highest rated show in America, so everybody wanted to be on it. Well, and you've worked in, I mean, through the course of your life too, Tom, you've worked in so many different facets that put you in front of, of yeah. people who are famous and, and or just flat out well known. Yeah, there's been a lot of that voiceover. There was a lot. In yeah. Rudy, I'm sure work with famous people. A lot doing voiceover and all that. that there's yeah. There's only been a couple that have been difficult, but for the most part, I think most are yeah. cool. Yeah. Yep. Uh, you yeah, know who was really difficult? People that used to be on the top that aren't anymore. Yeah. Do you have an example? Uh, you know, uh, Chris well, Kattan from Saturday Night Live. Oh, that's too bad. That is too bad. I've had him in studio. He was always a very sweet guy. Yeah. Very that's weird. Very sweet guy when it's time for the microphones to heat up, but behind the scenes is a oh, little yeah. hard to work with. Yeah. Really? Yeah. 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 Yep. Uh, he's just one of those guys that had, you know, his moment in the sun. Yeah, and I, th- yeah. I think like he wasn't ready to give it up yet. And the business was like, no, we're taking it from you. And I think he's just, he's kind of out there, you know, because yeah. of it. Yeah. No, I could see that. Mm-hmm. That's unfortunate. Yeah. He was always very, very, matter of fact, in this building, not in this studio, but when we we're on the fifth floor, he came in and did the show. And I remember I walked down with him on, the, you know, went down on the elevator and was walking out of the building and, he was recognized by everybody in this building, man. Everybody knew who he was. But, uh, yeah, he was very, very pleasant with me, so he might just go through periods. Yeah, like I said, when the microphones heat up, he knows how to burn calories. He's a great performer. Yeah, yeah, he is. Mm-hmm. You're right about that. But, no, it's been, it's been terrific. Judd, you got one person that you met you were very, very impressed with. Um, yeah, as far as athletes go, Wayne Gretzky. Super yeah, impressive. I heard he's a great guy. Never met him. I, I, the, the greatest guy of, of all time who, who you, you have uh, talked about before, and you're exactly right, is Killebrew. I mean, Harmon. Oh, God, Harmon. The guy was fantastic. <laughs> he was. I mean, he's a Hall of Famer. Yep. Um, and there is nobody nicer. And to Rudy's point, it didn't end. Like, there is so many athletes have perfected when the camera light goes on. 
you know, here's who I am. And everyone's like, right. oh, he's the greatest guy. And then it turns off and you're like, no, he's a jerk. Um, <laughs> Armin Killebrew <laughs> is one of the nicest human beings. I mean, did you ever hear about, see him, come anywhere close to him not being just simply first class? No, always. He always, well, he, there was a balance in the universe, though, that he had to hold his position as one of the nicest people ever born just to balance out what a prick Rod Carew was. Yeah, that's too bad, too. It is too bad. It's really too bad. That, and and Rod, Rod was a weird guy because I, I recall as a kid, Tom, you know, he would sign. Like, he, he would go um, before Twins games and sign really autographs. And, yeah, but I've always heard the stories that, like, Carew was a prick. Uh, Blylevin could be a real prick. Oh, I love Bert. Porno guess, movie Bly- title or not, baby. Patrick tells some great stories about oh, Bert sure. during Bert's playing day. Well, sure. I mean, Bert, don't don't forget, Bert's last go-around in, in his uh, a first time as a twin was flipping off the fans right before he got traded to the <laughs> Rangers. Right. He's coming off the field, and he gives them the big your number one because he was being heckled probably by you now in retrospect. Probably. Because he was right Could behind the dugout. A bunch of guys were heckling him, and he flipped him off. Yeah, Bert... The the image Bert portrayed as as you know circle me Bert was not Bert the pitcher that's for sure no that is true I should probably reach out to Bert though and have him come on because he used to host this bit that we had on the show about yep. once a month during baseball season it was called porno movie title or not and he would read these just obnoxious movie titles and we had to find out if they were real or not right. And he could not have been easier to work with. Just that very pleasant guy, great sense of humor, really, really a decent guy to work with. So that's so weird. I think that changed a lot. Yeah, that's what I understand. But, but, you know, I think what people don't get to, and, and it's not a big deal now, but I think that people don't get in the seventies, especially what a pain in the ass athletes were. Because now they're sort of yeah. molded, right? Yeah, and the cameras true. are always on. And if you do something really bad, guess what? It's on Twitter in 20 seconds, right? Mm-hmm. But to hear the stories of the 70s and baseball players and like the Red Sox clubhouse and stuff is just incredible what yeah. a group of what a group of miserable human beings those guys could be. And for them, there was no retribution. No, there so wasn't. Like if, so, like, if you MF'd a reporter or a fan, guess what? No one heard about it. No, you're absolutely right about that because, I, you know, looking back at exactly what you're talking about, it was a whole different world back then. It really was. So, ah, what the hell? We'll we slog through it all, right? Let's not forget the greatest Burt Blylevin moment of all time. And then the American League batting title. Joe Maurer, two for five so far in the series against uh, Jeter. We're going to do this. Thing over again because I just <laughs> it up. <laughs> was that Bert or me? I didn't know that. Tori Hunter has been yeah, huge that, for Minnesota. That's him going, Oh, we're live? Oh, we're live? Oh, we're live? <laughs> Whoops. It was LaPanta who says to him, We're live. Oh, we are? Oh, I didn't know that. We got to do that again. I effed it up. Yep. <laughs> I don't know. Like I said, I always enjoyed working with Bert. He was never a prick to me. I don't know what it was. Maybe we just balanced out or something. <laughs> but he was always terrific to work with, no question about it. I mean, he's no Ken Herbeck, don't get me wrong, you know. Yes. But such yes. is life. Go How about twin, your ball club? Go wild, and then go uh. to bed. 
Herbeck. He is he, I, somebody I had no idea what to expect. Great. He has guy. become one of my, sorry, Judd, my favorite people on this show. He's I did great. not expect that. Because, you know, I'm like, whatever, it was our sports talk, and I'll chill out. I'm going to hang out with douchebags. Why did you ever think I would do that? <laughs> he is so casually funny and Great doesn't guy. seem to know it, and it's hilarious. One of my favorite Ken Herbeck stories is this is years ago out at Bear Path. We were Johnny Castino and Herbeck and I were all m- members out there at the time. And there was a Halloween uh, nine hole. There was like nine and dined on Halloween night. Oh, fun. You see a six foot five, about 240 pound, 250 pound Ken Herbeck coming, and he's wearing a halo. <laughs> <laughs> what an angel. What? <laughs> this gigantic man wearing a halo. Oh, that's funny. Like, oh my God. <laughs> Unbelievable. But yeah, and I told you, I think I told you several weeks ago about that time that I walked in the Twins Clubhouse and it looked like they wanted to kill me. Mm-hmm. Did I ever mm-hmm. tell you that one, Judd? I don't think so. So this is years ago. And I was, look, I'm such a huge Twins fan. If you screw up, I'm going to go after you because I'm a huge fan of the Twins. And if you screw it up, you're going to hear about it, right? Right. Don't remember what it was all about, but I went after the team pretty hard. And then I walked in the Twins locker room or that little open area that used to be, I don't know. This was back at the Metrodome a long time ago. Uh But... Nobody would turn around and even look at me. They wouldn't talk to me. They wouldn't look at me. They just completely stayed away from me. And all of a sudden, here out of the shower comes, comes Herbeck. Hey, Tommy, how you doing? I was like, you smart ass. And he only did it just to make me feel uncomfortable. That's the only reason he did it. No, I love that guy. Herbeck's the, as good as it gets. And by the way, he still owes me, I believe, 157 beers. Because I used to do the voiceover for his uh, his Channel Eleven uh, was it a, pretty much a fishing show, wasn't it? Fishing show, yeah, pretty much fishing show. Uh, so I never took any money for doing that. He said, oh, "I'll buy you a beer." At this point, he owes me about 157 beers because I never got one beer. That's stiff. Not even one. Not one. I, I'll take them now, Tom. S- since you don't drink, <laughs> that's right. I don't funnel drink those anymore. 157. My way, I'll <laughs> gladly accept them. On behalf of Tom Bernard, how does that sound? Nah, you talk about the luck of the draw, man. I go through a situation, I'm hanging out with Gary Gaetti and Tim Laudner and Roy Smalley and Herbeck and Blylove and all that. What a dream come true. For me, as nine years old, a huge Twins fan, for yep. me to be hanging out with baseball players at that level, it just it still means the world to me because I love baseball. Just love it. Well, and and you though also went through some and remained loyal to some terrible twins teams. Oh, they so were it paid off horrible. as well. So like you yeah. did. I mean, anybody that sat in the Met Stadium in the late seventies to watch that deserves some yeah. type of reward for it. I got to take a quick break and you can get another twenty minute, fifteen twenty minutes with us, don't you? I most definitely do for you. What's well, thirty eight? Is that when you need to be out of 38? 38-ish, yeah. All right, so yep. I want to make sure. No, you know. I, I appreciate that, Tom. Thank you very much. Not a problem. Very we'll take a break. Be right back right after this. You know, I've been saying, I've been losing weight, and i got to tell you, I'm really impressed with the program offered by MN, uh, MN Fat Loss, as a matter of fact. The team at MN Fat Loss has figured out the secret to losing up to one pound of fat every day. Now, i got to see, I'm going to be very honest about how this is going for me. Yeah. Because we had uh, some family stuff four days in a row, five days in a row we had family stuff. And they insisted I go out to dinner with them. So I actually put on a few pounds, 
And I reported that that weight gain to Minnesota fat loss. Yeah. Because I'm not going to make... Look, I know it's all just salt and it's all going to be gone by tomorrow. Yeah, but you're going to be honest where you're starting at too. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. I, look, cause, so I went from like 258 to 262. Okay. It's just not that big a deal because it's all going to go away probably today by mm-hmm. tomorrow or the next day. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to... I'm not going to... Oh, it's, it's, hey, look, you, you got to live your life. <clears throat> and if you go eat at a restaurant, you're going to eat some salt, which means you're going to hold on to more water. Are, it's just going to happen. Are you talking to them about what options to grab? At- That's exactly what I'm going to do is maybe have one of them on to talk yeah. about. Well, what should I do? Because I can't just say, no, I'm yeah. not going to your birthday party. Fawn's birthday is the 26th of May, and Sage's birthday is the 13th of June. I can't just say, well, I can't eat any of your cake or ice cream. That'll be good advice for all of us, kind of like what's going on. Uh, But I'm going to ask them how to get me through that because you're going to put weight on. Because in this program, you have someone to talk to, right? Oh, yeah. They're great about that stuff. You do reports. All right. I'll get back to this deal. But I just want to let you know. uh, So I have lost 14 pounds. It's down to like 12 now, but it'll be 14, 15 by tomorrow. I've only been on the program a few weeks. I'm feeling healthier I got more energy, and that is a fact. The program is safe and effective. That's huge for me. You know, I'm not going to count points or eat prepackaged meals and no hypnosis, none of that stuff. Seriously, folks, you want to lose 20 to 30 pounds in a month or two, you really ought to check out the program at mnfatloss.com. Now, that, by the way, is a good point. You're going to lose 20 to 30 pounds in a month or two, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm at about, uh, I think I started my fourth week now, right? Mm-hmm. So can I lose another six pounds in the next Three weeks, yes, to lose two pounds a week. So I'll be right on schedule again. That's one of the things about being on a diet that I'm happy about. You're going to once in a while hit a bump, but you'll recover quickly and everything will be fine. Perfect. Of course, results may vary, but I'm losing weight. I feel great. If you want to find out the secret to losing 14 pounds in just a couple of weeks, it actually was only about 12 days, to tell you the truth. It's about a pound of fat every day. No exercise required. Schedule your free consultation by calling 763-312-7600 online at mnfatloss.com. Be sure to tell them Tom Bernard said to give mnfatloss.com a call. This is Bob Sansever, and I want to tell you about Dave Bialki from Bialki Law. Dave represented my wife, Mary, when she had a significant workplace injury. She was very happy with the job Dave did. If you have a work-related injury and have Dave represent you, I'm betting you'll be happy too. Dave is a down-to-earth guy. He grew up in northern Minnesota, rides a Harley, and worked various jobs doing concrete, electrical, plumbing, roofing, and carpentry work. Dave works for people with work-related injuries. If you work construction, or anywhere for that matter, and you're hurt or even just hurting, you should talk to Dave. Let's face it, our bodies wear out. If your body is worn out from work, if your knees or back or shoulders hurt from things you do at work, do what Mary did. Call Dave and talk to him about it at Bialki Law to set up a free initial conversation consultation. The number to call is 763-571-2410. That's 763-571-2410. Or visit BialkiLaw.com. That's B-I-A-L-K-E Law.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast. Besties. I have besties now. Is that the plan? BFF. Yeah, there you go. Forever and always. So our twins had the day off yesterday, correct? Yes, they did. So they take the day off. Now they're uh, on the road. They're not facing a lot of competition. And I hate to say that because, you know, you go on the road once in a while and get your ass kicked by bad teams. But uh, they're not playing a lot of great teams in the next few weeks. Here's a question for you. Did you ever think throughout the uh, course of the 2022 season, Tom Bernard, that the AL Central would get worse this year? I thought I know. it was as bad as it could be. The White Sox, my man, are a mess. Cleveland's not as good. Kansas City, we just saw, and they're god-awful. And Detroit, I mean, this this division is a gift from the heavens. How did they all just fall apart at the same time? That's so weird. I don't understand, just starting, I don't understand how the White Sox are this bad. No, they're terrible. They're really I bad. You know, I don't get it. They fired Tony, and so we all thought, okay, you know, he, he wasn't great. Um, was at one time, for sure. But uh, they fired La Russa, so we all thought that they're going to improve. They didn't. A.J. Hinch is, like, now in his third year with Detroit. And so at some point in time, we all thought, okay, this guy's going to turn things around. They're still, if not a hot mess, they're still a mess. I mean, this division is going to be sitting there. Seems like it. I mean, the Twins have, what, three and a half game leaders at four now. I have to check. I think I it's didn't three and a half. I think it's three and a half. I didn't check. But some teams did have a game yesterday, so I'm wondering if uh, it went to three or went to four because it could have. I'll find it. Yep. With the day off, ladies and gentlemen, that stuff's going to happen. So, I don't know. It just... I love watching the Twins, man. They, they you know, had a, a bump in the road there for a while, but then they came storming right back again against some pretty bad teams, no doubt about it. But it continues. you got to play them it, all, right? It is three games over Cleveland, six games over Detroit. Get this, nine games over the White Sox, who they play tonight in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And uh, it is ten games. Kansas City, Tom, is 7-22. and 22. The White oh, Sox are 8-21. and 21. Oh, that's I mean, terrible. you've got to work to be that bad. Um, and and how, about, how about the pitching of Sonny Gray? Uh, amazing. How great is that to watch? What is he giving up, two runs? Three, three maybe? Three earned runs. I, three I think he's runs. at three, and I, he's, I think they won all four games he started, and yep. his ERA is .77. <laughs> That's pretty how good. How about that? Yeah, it's taking a pretty good run at the Cy Young Award, I would think, so far, so good. Yeah, no question. No, no question. I think it's going to be so. What's great about it now is the Twins are going to be on the road for, what, about 10 days, something like that. Mm-hmm. And then when you get back home, it's going to be mid, mid-May, and it's going to be beautiful out, and it's time to start going to some ball games, man, no doubt about it. Yeah, and if, if I'm not mistaken, when they come home, um, the next homestand is the Padres and Cubs. Oh, so, you know, no offense to the Royals, but when I see uh, Kansas City on the schedule, I don't think to myself, man, I got to get out and see the Kansas City 
Royals, yeah. you know, Cubs and Padres. And I think after that, they go on the road and come back, and it's the Giants. So May's going to be fun. Yeah, it'll be fun. Okay, I it's have tougher. A, I have an email I really want to read for you guys. You guys were talking oh, okay. about, uh, you know, people that were nice, people that were not nice, you know, when you've mm-hmm. talked to sports people. And uh, we had a listener, Tracy, call in, or not call in, message in. Um, <clears throat> Harmon Killebrew was the nicest guy. Great guy. Had my teenage son who had special needs, non-mobile, non-verbal, at a Twins game not knowing Harmon was there signing autograph. Harmon's time was up as we walked by with my son in his wheelchair and the velvet ropes were up preventing any more fans from coming up to him. He saw my son and called us over, spoke to my son and dad at length and signed a ball that said, to my buddy, Danny, Harmon Killebrew. That didn't happen often with our son, who passed away about a year and a half ago. Oh, Jesus. Most people looked right past him, but not Harmon. Do you love Harmon, Killebrew? Damn it. Unbelievable. Love that man. So sweet. I miss him. I really do. He used to come in studio all the time and just have a, oh, God, what a great guy. Just a great man. Well, I'm really glad you read that story. That's terrific. They lost their baby? Yeah. But, you know, it looks like there's a lot of good memories they're tapping into. I hope so. You know, i got to be honest with you about this, and it's not, I, like I said, th- th- this doesn't have a political element to it at all. It just happens to be about a politician's son. Explain to me, and again, I was never involved in anything like this, so I don't know how it goes, and it might be a lot more difficult than I think or whatever, but how are you the son of the, vi- of the President of the United States, and you don't want to pay child support for your own baby? I mean, it's your baby. You don't even talk to the kid. doesn't reach out to him, connect with him at all. I mean, how could you do that? I could never do that. You know, back in uh, the early 90s, the state of Minnesota decided that they wanted to try to shame deadbeat dads. Oh, yeah. And they put all their names, like the top, like, 100 people. (laughs) They put all their names on uh, TV and radio to get get these guys to pay child support. And uh, if you look um, back at some of those old reports, my old man, a number one on that really? list. Really? No way, Rudy. Yep. You're kidding. Number one. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yep. You should get a t-shirt of that list of yours highlighted. That's yeah. impressive. Yeah, no, I love to bring up trauma and wear it as a t-shirt. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> why not? But, uh, oh, Rudy. Why not? But uh, we, did a doc- oh. we did a documentary about my dad like 10 years ago, and we found the actual, like one of the reports oh, that God. came from KSTP, and then like, and you can see my old man's name, boop, right there, like... Forty thousand dollars over like a like I don't know what it was like a like a seven year period or something and then you add in you know penalties and taxes and oh. compounding interest and all that yeah never paid a dime not it no. it blows my mind because here's the thing anybody who has kids know this the cheapest way to raise a kid is to pay child support yeah it is there's Absolutely no other it is. and so when we worked with somebody who complained about paying child support one of the guys we worked with I don't remember who that is. Yeah, I don't know. Like, he probably didn't do it in front of you. But Wait, I was yeah, like... Yeah. Give me the hand signal under the desk. I, yeah, right? <laughs> I was like... I literally stopped him because my mom, she we she had three kids. My we, da- we saw my dad once a year. She relied on those. And at the same time, we always laugh. She's like, that is the cheapest way you can raise a kid or you have a child just yeah. existing. Yeah. It's Because there's so many more expenses. Anybody who has a kid who receives child support knows that... They're getting off very lightly. No matter how much you make, those kids are so expensive. There's so many little costs here and there that they'll never have to know about. If you had a baby, why wouldn't you want to embrace that kid and go, man, you're my son, you're my daughter, whatever the situation. I just don't understand how you could walk away from your own baby. I don't get that. Well, that's what's so wild when you hear about 
people they say, well, that was the way they were raised, and they didn't know any better. But it's like I, you, was. I know cares? that's you, ta- you, you and Rudy. I always yeah. think about you guys, mm-hmm. and you guys were not raised with dads that were there, but mm-hmm. here you guys are obsessed with your kids. It's true. Yeah, I got to mention something very, very quickly here. We on the family podcast yesterday had a psychic on, Ooh. and I'm not a big psychic guy. I don't like him. I don't dislike him. I don't believe him. I don't disbelieve him. I just have not, never really gotten involved much with that the whole thing. But he was on yesterday, and people were amazed because he brought up seven points about and he I've never met the guy, never even met him. Uh, the first thing he said, he, I said, why don't you do a reading on me? Because I figured I'd throw out the challenge. Yeah. And if he couldn't stand up to it, that's his problem. Yeah, yeah. Right? So I said, well, why don't, you, why don't you do a reading on me? He goes, do you want me to start with your father? Because that's where we're going to end up. I said, what? He goes, he's here with me right now. And I said, what? He named seven things, and all seven things were true. Like what? I, Whoa. Um... Okay, well, don't start tearing up, Brittany. You'll start crying, right? Yeah, I cry easily. It's fine. I was called to my father's deathbed by my father. My father and I, as you know, we never got along, ever got along. And so he called me. He wanted to see me before he died. But it turns out the only reason he wanted to see me is because I was bigger than everybody else, and he thought I could carry him out of the hospital and get him out of there. Uh, That's why he called me, right? uh. But there was one thing that he brought up at the very end, and he didn't want to talk about it. He said, that other thing, I don't want to talk about that. And I said, which other thing? He says, the Bible. And I said, oh, my God, how do you know about the Bible? He goes, I'm here with your father. And he kept saying that, right? No, I don't know if I believe that or not, but he, whatever. They found a Bible in my father. My father was never religious. He was not a religious guy at all. I think later in life, people do tend to get religious, I suppose. He was only 60 when he died, though. But they showed me this Bible and there was a section about two inches by two inches that was completely rubbed out, which means he used to rub his finger across it to read it, right? And it literally got so, he did it so many times that there were no letters there anymore. It was just kind of like a two by two inch square. You could see that there used to be, the ink was still there, but the words weren't, right? So he said, you should look up and see what that was. And I said, how did you know about a guy? He said, I told you, he's here with me. I said, okay. <laughs> Fine. Uh, the little square was, oh, oh, here comes Brittany. This ain't going to be good for you. Uh, the whole thing was a prayer of how to get your son to return into your life. It was a bitch, man. And he was right. It was, that's what it was. I looked it up. It was about how I, the, it wasn't the prodigal son thing. It was another son thing. It was about how can I get my son back into my life. I don't deserve it. But I want him back in my life. Isn't that a bitch to go, Brittany can't talk anymore? <laughs> so what was your reaction? Yeah. I mean, it's incredible time. I started that, crying. I, that, did. Was I, I did. I did. Was there something healing to that? Oh, God, for me, yeah, absolutely. Was, I didn't think he gave her. Well, Rudy, wouldn't you be shocked if your did that, dad did that to you? Mm, yeah, I'd be shocked if my old man knew how to read, actually. <laughs> well, that's a big, that's a good argument. <laughs> no doubt about that's that. That's so, that blows my mind when. Yeah, it was pretty if amazing. If you could find healing from that and, like, recognize your dad was just this really. Sick man. Sick man. He was, yeah. And if he could, he would. Yep. And he couldn't. And he just couldn't do it, yeah. That helped not. me a lot, knowing that not oh. not only did he not want to do it, he couldn't have done it anyway. 
So that did help. Wouldn't that that'd help you How many? It, knowing that he even just couldn't do it? Uh, yeah, you know, I had that for a long time. I always had that like, oh, you know, he he had bad parents and he was an alcoholic. But yeah. now that I'm in my 40s and I have my kid and I do everything possible to be yeah. able to give her the best life possible, I'm like, you know what? Pound sand, Dad. I tried so hard for years I know. to be able to have a relationship with you, and I sought you out. And how many times I'd track you down at the bar, or I mean, when I had right. to find out if he was the father of my my half sister that we just met oh, yeah. two years ago, yeah. it took me six months to find him. Really? No phone calls. Yeah, he doesn't have a phone. He doesn't have a return address. You can't. I mean, he's never at home because he's always passed out in an alley somewhere. Still. And, fi- and finally, I just went. You know what? It, screw you, man. I've tried so hard, and you've given none, nothing in return to any of us. It is so crazy. You mentioned. So, like, I was in a good place. My dad was a very, a, 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 a very. He had a lot of problems, and he... But he was a fast runner, so that was good. <laughs> <laughs> and so, we like, again, we saw him once a year, and that was that it. That was it. That was it. Was we it Christmas? Once a year. Nope. We would take the train. It was in the middle of summer. We'd do a oh. week in Montana, and once a year. And I always thought, like, all these things, he hated us, he whatever. Right. And, like, the more I learned, I, I healed a lot and accepted my dad for what he is. And I was... I was yeah. Then I got to a point in my 20s, like, late 20s, where I was like... You know what? If I look at this like a glorified uncle that he'll call me, he sends a check on my birthday. Like there I don't have a he's not a bad person. Mm-hmm. He's just not a great father, right? And and we, you know, I was accepted that. But when I had my kid, I reverted quite a bit. Like I ended up having to oh, go to I my bet. therapist. Yeah, I bet. Because I thought to my my mom told me, Yeah, he didn't change diapers, he didn't do this. And watching my husband do all that and thinking Yeah. The things he missed and things he didn't want to do after I had to like really take a break from like interacting at all with my dad, a small amount every three month kind of call or whatever. Right. right. And then some things happened and I got back to the mindset of he's human. He's just he's just a guy. He's just a guy that was, I don't know, maybe not supposed to have kids, but still had a job to do. You can't forgive him for that. Yeah, he I had I, a job to do. But like maybe in his way he did it, you know, and maybe by abandoning you. I mean, I do think there's something to be said that oh, my man. life is better with him when not in Probably there every day. True. Probably and, true. And maybe with your dad too. And oh, God, it, definitely. It makes me so emotional thinking how many times he put his hand over those words and thought about you yep, and your and your brothers. Because like, he rubbed them out. No, he didn't think of my brother. It was all more me now. That's what it was all about. I mean, <laughs> that's a very there's something to be said. About if you can heal a little bit from that. I did. Just yesterday, the fact that he even knew about that was amazing. I mean, it was, I, how the hell would he even know that? Because I, I don't mm-hmm. go around telling that story. Let me tell you a story here in the bar psychics, about the Bible. Psychics weird me out. Like, they're, they're, there are ones where I go, yeah. there's no way you couldn't know that. Like, I want to be, because like, I want to be like a rational whatever. Like, no way. But there's some times where they've, I've had them say something where I go... Gulp. You know, one of my favorite stories, Echo Bodine. I love that woman anyway. She's a wonderful person. First time she ever came in studio years and years ago. She comes in studio, sits down to do the show, and she goes, Tom, it's so great to be here, and you're doing the show with your family. Is this your son? It was Doug Sprinthal. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't have any 60-year-old sons, uh, but... Oh, and you guys don't even look alike. <laughs> I was like, what? She thought Doug was my son. 
Like, shut up and get away from me. But such is life. So, Judd, you got, oh, you got to hit the road here. It's the 40s, man. Yes, sir. But we will talk to you tomorrow and Thursday. Yes, we will. And uh, we'll, we'll hopefully talk uh, after a Twins win tonight in Chicago. I love that. That little you win. like that optimism for you? I what's Right in my wheelhouse, baby. That's all I have to say to you. Thank you, sir. All right. Take care. Talk to you all. Judd Zolgad, ladies and gentlemen. Score North, of course. Went out there uh, last Thursday night and just hung out with them back uh, backstage a little bit during their the uh, their draft NFL party. draft party. Yeah. yeah, that was good. It was very very nice. Well, plus huge. the fact I love Park Tavern anyway. Yeah, I just love that place. Their They're food is like I agree. I want I don't want the only reason I want to say surprisingly because it has like a bar fun vibe and their food is good. It's true. Yeah. So I never did make it to the bathroom, so I'm gonna go now. What do you think of that? Do it. And you don't have to run a a break for another five minutes. I'll be back in time for the break. Perfect. All right, thanks. (laughs) Yeah, I go in there. Only I go in there, and all three spots are taken up. Mm -hmm. What the hell is that? That's totally cool. Brittany, you think you can uh, grab these reins for the next three and a half minutes? I mean, here's a great practice. Okay. Welcome to the Brittany Arneson Show. Yeah, there's practice. Ah! (laughs) I did want to talk about this story. Welcome to the Brittany Arneson Show. Thank you. you. I needed that. Mm -hmm. Um, it's happened a couple days ago, but the headline was pretty much one person arrested for slapping police horse during Maple Leaf celebration. Yeah, I saw this. Uh, the celebrations that followed the Maple Leafs first playoff series victory in 19 years were largely tame with the exception of one fan who allegedly, they're not ready to commit, slapped a police horse Saturday night. Toronto police told CTV News Toronto that the man was arrested for public intoxication after he slapped the horse on its hindquarters. Neither the horse nor the mounted officer were injured, and the man released from 52 Division with pro, uh, uh, their, their jail once he was sober, the police said. Can you imagine? Uh, yeah, I can. I, <laughs> absolutely. I, you do hang out with her. I, I hang out with a rowdy bunch. Yeah. And I think sometimes people forget that Canadians, for how nice they are, are wildly drunkards. Yeah. They are some of the funnest and yet also craziest people that, I mean, if you look back on, I know we're talking about uh, hockey, but if you look back at Toronto's history, mm-hmm. their mayor was a crackhead. <laughs> it's true. It's, it's honest to yeah. God. If you look that guy up, he was a, a legit crackhead while he was in office. And I think we forget sometimes that Canada has a rich history. Of, I mean, did, like for what we call like a Miller Lite or a Bud Light here, they have Molson, and Molson is like six percent. Which, like, what's a normal beer? It's like three point two or yeah, whatever. Yeah, like, usually like a three two. Like if you get like a Miller Lite at a at a ball game, I think it's like maybe like a four tops. So double, almost double. Yeah, so it's it's diesel. It, it's got some punch to it, you know. So Canada. Every time I hear these stories. Uh, People are surprised that I just thought Canada was just like guys in flannel they're so shirts. Nice. They're lumberjacks. Yeah. No, no, no. They're drunks who love hockey. So when it comes time for their playoff team to win a playoff game in 19 years, this is to be expected. You know, it kind of feels the same as like when uh, Tom talks about visiting Ireland, mm-hmm. where you go, all oh, these, you know, these nice, whatever people. But he keeps talking, I think this was Scotland or Ireland. He said that every time he went anywhere, everyone wanted to wrestle him. 
And I'm like, that is such a drunk person thing to do yeah. in a public set. I mean, just, not even a public setting. If I walk in someone's house and at some point they say, let's wrestle, you go, this person drinks a lot. Yeah. Yeah, that's never the domain of the sober person. No. I've never had a sober guy come up and be like, hey, you want to <laughs> grapple for a while? No, there's no grappling going on. I was talking about, was it Scotland or Ireland where you went everywhere? And Scotland. And people wanted to wrestle you. <laughs> Everybody wanted to wrestle me in Scotland. That everywhere. is just wild. You want to wrestle? I'm like, what? <laughs> First of all, they're not big people anyway, you know. I mean, Scots are not big people. But I, so drinking is a big play. Oh, yeah. it's a sport. Yeah. Over in Scotland, I love Scotland, Ireland, England, all of them. Wales, what a great area that is. Beautiful, beautiful stuff. You ever been to Stonehenge? No. I tried to tip over one of those stones, but I couldn't. Do oh, it. good. It too well, heavy. we don't need you on the news. No, you can't even touch it, as a matter of fact. I wouldn't think so. You cannot touch Other, Stonehenge. Yeah, otherwise we'd have, like, carvings of, like, Jamie loves Alice. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's true. That would not be a good idea. Yeah. No question about that. So uh, you guys got, got through that segment, did you? Mm -hmm. No, we actually just sat here in silence hoping yeah. you'd come back. <laughs> Brittany gave us the rundown of all the reality show gossip. So, <laughs> Oh, did you? Listen, yeah. ship is up. <clears throat> Uh, I did my work. I did mm -hmm. my part today. What are you doing? I was fanning myself off because Why? I was so exhausted from going oh, on Jesus. and on about reality. No, we talked about a man who uh, was so emboldened by a hockey win that he hit a horse on the butt. A I saw that, horse. Yeah. So we covered that story for you. For me? You're welcome. Okay, well, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. No question. Jesus, what the hell is this story you sending me? Hmm. Huh. This woman is either very into classical music or there's another explanation. The L.A. Philharmonic performed on Friday and someone posted audio after a woman in the crowd supposedly had a sexual reaction to the show. She climaxed so loudly that the people in the audience could hear it? Yeah. It's, How? Yeah, it's it's a rough one. Oh. Yeah. We, uh, is it that deal? Yes. Uh, we had the audio yesterday. Mm -hmm. um, it's It's oh. something. It's not nothing is all I'm going to say about that. It was, we all agree that we should head up, hit up that show immediately. <laughs> yeah, I guess uh, we so. Can, uh, we can play it one more time oh, you if have you it guys still want. Good. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I, actually, I just had it here a minute ago. I didn't know where we were going to, but hang on. I no, I'll read a couple is. of lines. That's sure. fine. Yeah. It happened just as the music got soft, so everyone in the audience could hear it. One person who was there described it as a wonderfully, a wonderfully timed incident. They were performing Tchaikovsky's Fifth Symphony one of the best uh, pieces of music ever written. But is it really that good? Maybe not. Somebody else uh, who was there told the LA Times that the woman's boyfriend may have been responsible. What? Well, I'm just glad it wasn't <laughs> that somebody was doing some work out he there. He had his hand in her pocket. Is that what you're saying? He's got one hand in her pocket. <laughs> All right, here you go. Are you pulling my tit? That's fake as hell. I don't understand the That's need fake. to be loud during yes. sexual intercourse. We, yes. we stayed in St. Louis one night next to the Arch, and there was somebody in the hotel who was so loud at like 2 in the morning. I thought, you're only doing this for show. You're doing yep. this for the other person or other people. Yeah. Yeah. Don't get it. No, I would agree. Oh, by the way, she was up in the balcony, too. You should point that out. Mm -hmm. The theater was dark. They were in the balcony, and he was sitting right next to her. When the uh, person looked over, she was breathing heavily, and the guy had a smile on his face. That's a scream. Like, that is not yeah. like a, uh, that's a scream. I don't really understand why you would want to do that as symphony. I don't know. Yeah, sexual encounters are nice because they're 
you're sharing moments and it's, I don't know if I'd, I wouldn't care for that. It's like whacking off in a, in a theater. Yeah. I, well, an ex-girlfriend of mine, I, I went to go buy a suit at JCPenney. And my girlfriend's like, let's get it on in the dressing room. I would die. I was like, no. I no, would. No I, if way. Justin's, I would You're punch right. him in the face. Yeah. I remember one time we were driving and I was like getting handsy and Justin's like, no. And I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> I didn't know if I was, we were dating. I was like, sure. I didn't know if we, yeah. I should be trying to be mm-hmm. that. He's like, no, that's never going to be. And I'm like, okay, cool. We're on the, we're cool. Um, I, if my husband, we were at a concert, reached over in my lap. I oh, would, yeah. I would literally be like, I'm not sitting next to you. No. Done. Yeah. Catherine would never put up with that. No way. Uh, we should take a break here. Yes. Right? Yeah. We'll be right back in a couple minutes. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show podcast. We are back 952. Now it's eight minutes till 10 o'clock. Can't get worse. I, I tell you something. Um, you can always count on friends, listeners, whatever the situation is, because Michael Bryant found the exact passage that the psychic was referring to. He found the exact one. I, man, he must have been at work. He's been busy watching Corner Gas, all 100 episodes I'm in con- a four-day period. <laughs> I'm convinced Michael Bryant is a set of triplets. He is, And yes. we are just being fooled. So this will go quickly, and then Brittany will have to leave. There's no question about uh, it. So this is what my father had rubbed out by reading it so many times, running his finger across it. Isaiah 49, 17 to 26. NC, what's the NCV Bible? What's that? New. It, it, yeah, there's a version of it that's a little bit more y- user-friendly, if you will. Oh, that's what this yeah, is? Yeah, I believe so. Yep. Okay, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Your children will soon return to you, and the people... 22, this is what the Lord God says. See, I will lift my hand to signal the nations. I will raise my banner for all the people to see. Then they will bring your sons back to you in their arms, and they will carry your daughters on their shoulders. So there you go. You didn't tear up. I'm proud of you. I thought for sure you'd tear up. I feel so many feelings. (laughs) I'm also like, even though I feel sad, because I feel sad about thinking about what your dad was and... Mm-hmm. And I have empathy for your dad, which is oh, like, yeah, but I also, it kind of makes my heart happy because, you know, we've always talked about your dad as this monster. Well, yeah, leaning that way. Well, he was severely mentally ill, so yeah, that didn't help. No, and like, it kind of, I don't, it's kind of nice to think about him as a human and, and Yeah, I, that's exactly right. Too. And so even though I literally like, just got done feeling emotional. Like, I, part of me, my heart was a little happy for you to have that. Like, not, I agree. Not yep. many people uh, yeah, will yeah. have something like that. And I don't know. It's all true, ladies and gentlemen. Should we lighten the moment? Yeah. And Adam emailed us and said, because I guess I mentioned I was tired. And he said, You can't be tired, Brit. Glue never gives up. Glue never gives up. I love that. That's a great take. Don't you think? Yeah, lighten the mood. Give me something light. I'm feeling heavy. We got five minutes left. <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> What's wrong with that? Five minutes. You're good, aren't you? I, I'll do it, I guess. I guess I can slog through it. Is that what you're saying? I am the glue. Oh, my God. Hmm. Somebody sent a picture of this, and I don't know who sent it in. But there's a, a picture of a graveyard. And somebody on the, there's a cross for his headstone or her headstone. It's a, you know, the cross, not just a headstone. Mm -hmm. And across where the arms would go, it says, racism is a sin. 
You're going to be giving that message out for the rest of time. I mean, holds true. Yeah. Remember when they used to just put on tombstones like, here lies Greg. He was a good dad and a fine brother. That yep. was it. It wasn't. It was, it. Yeah. Or even like Greg, yeah. 1900 to 1950. Yeah, no virtue signaling in the afterlife. None of that. I'm going to have on my tombstone. All are welcome here. <laughs> All are welcome And by here. that, I mean the grave. Yeah, the glue. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, this is an interesting story. Uh, there's a bill that might allow 14-year-olds to serve liquor. Okay. Why would you need 14-year-olds to serve liquor? Are we that hard up for industry people? Wouldn't think so. It says Bill... W- oh, what a shock. You know mm-hmm. where it... What's, Wisconsin. What? You got it. <laughs> <laughs> you nailed it. It's Wisconsin. Boy, do you remember... Well, maybe you guys didn't do it, but did you... When you lived up north, did you ever live right on the border of Wisconsin, Minnesota? A couple of times, but I you brought this so, up yeah. the other day. But yeah, going over the border to Superior to buy booze. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, did gosh. a lot. Yeah. Every Sunday. Oh, yeah. yeah. Every Sunday. At, when I lived in Woodbury, we'd run over to Hudson real quick. Yeah. Thank I you, Hudson. That. I loved going over there. What's the name of that great club? There was a great club over there. In Superior or Hudson? Um... This would have been just north of Hudson. Oh, okay. God, it was a great... um, Oh, it just appeared in my head, and now it's gone again. I don't know any clubs, but I I do know many nameless bars in Superior. Mm -hmm. Great bands over there, I will... Oh, yeah, that's right. You went to UMD, didn't you? Yeah. So you were boozing it up over there all the time. Yes, 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 yes. Typical. That was the tail end of my drinking career, and I went hard. (laughs) Bill would allow 14-year-olds to serve alcohol in Wisconsin. 14-year-olds in Wisconsin could serve alcohol to seated customers in bars and restaurants under a bill circulated for co-sponsors by a pair of Republican state lawmakers. Why do they need 14-year-olds to serve booze? How You have to be 18 to serve alcohol? I think that's right. I believe so. Why don't we just bump it down to 16 at first and see if that affects anything? Is there a surfeit of these kinds of things going on? I mean, are there not enough people to do it? Is that why they would... Says 14-year-olds in Wisconsin could serve alcohol to seated customers in bars and restaurants under a bill circulated for co-sponsors Monday by a pair of Republican uh, lawmakers. Under current law, only workers age 18 and above can serve alcohol to customers in Wisconsin. The bill would broaden that to workers age 14 to 17. They can only serve to seated customers, not drinkers who are at the bar itself. The current age limit on serving alcohol causes workforce issues due to an establishment's underage employees only being able to do part of their job. Well, why would you hire a 14-year-old at a bar anyway? Yeah, I don't know. Like they uh, in Wisconsin, regardless of age, you can drink at a bar as long as your parents are there with you. Oh, that's right. Regardless still, of age. Regardless of age. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, who doesn't want a seventh grader that can make a mean Manhattan? Uh, <laughs> Seven, know. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. true. If they're doing it at home, they might as well go make a profit somewhere. <laughs> yeah. I don't see that big of a problem with this. I would love them to study if this causes issues in underage drinking or like, you know, maybe a lifestyle. Like, I would love them to see that. But otherwise, I don't know. Put, kids want to work. Like, I, you sure. Can, you, they can move bottles around and like, you know, be around with things like that. But if the act of serving it changes anything, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would have. I, I could have started serving booze when I was 11 then because I started working when I was 11. I worked at Dairy Queen when I was 14 and got a blizzard thrown at me. Why would someone throw Because you had the wrong ingredients in it? Because I, well, yes, exactly why. I, yeah. I was a lady who came in at like 10.30 in the morning and she was wearing a muumuu. Is having a blizzard at 10.30 in the morning? <laughs> 
life choices were made here. <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> and uh, I gave her an Oreo, and she wanted cookie dough. Those were like our two most popular. All and right. I screwed them up in my head, and oh, I was well. I was the only one up front. She threw it at me because she's like, I ordered cookie dough, and she threw it at me, and I just stood there, walked to the back as a fourteen year old would, bald. And she, I guess my manager came back later and was like, so Brittany, like, I understand you're upset, but there was a lady just raging up there by herself. Like, you might want to give us a heads up. And I was like, couldn't. That'd be good. Couldn't. No. I was done. I was done that day. Like, What an a-hole to throw it. How old were you? 14. 14 and she's throwing things mm-hmm. at you. And I wasn't like 14 who looked 16. I was 14 and looked 12. Like, yeah. that's where I was. Whatever. All right. I have to go downstairs and throw some stuff at the people in the <laughs> diner. <laughs> You're coming for your heads. Yo, that, their food down there is really good. Super mm-hmm. good. I ate there the other day with Dan uh, Seaman. He and I ate. Uh, I had never eaten there before because I was always on the air till later, and it used to close early, and now it doesn't. Debo's? Is the restaurant? No, no, no. People are writing in quickly. Debo's are getting a bunch of, is that the club that's north of Hudson? Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. D-I-B-B-O-S. Yeah, I think that's right. All right. I think that's right. We're getting more to the song. I've never heard this part. Dibbos, though. It was (laughs) Dibbos, not Debos. Sorry, Dibbos. You're a disaster. Who would have a club Dibbos? I got to go. I'm not getting paid for this. Forget it. You're fired. (laughs) Goodbye. You're out of the mix. All right, talk to you tomorrow.